Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read from verse 42 to 47. Very familiar passage of Scripture. We stand in honor of reading the Word. If you're able to stand up, we'd invite you to. If you're not able to, stand up on the inside. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. If you're all there, say amen. Amen. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who had believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God having favor with all the people. Read this last part with me. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and mess us up with truth today. Lord, that you would release living understanding and do all that you want to do in and through the preaching of this text. Holy Spirit, come. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go ahead and do it now. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Notes are being passed out. If you don't have notes, and they're soon arriving. Appreciate you as you gentlemen serve. With our revival that we had with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, was really, to me, there, there, wasn't, there was people saved. There's always people saved here. Every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, there's always people giving their lives to Christ. There's always people that are recommitting. And that should be that way. And we take time in every service to give an opportunity for people to make heaven their home and to turn their backs on hell. And I will do that at the end of the service today. So if you're not right with God, there's an opportunity coming for you very shortly. We always do that, and so we, we had at these meetings with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, a 38-year-old, wild-eyed, full-of-fire hammer of the word. We had people saved, but that really wasn't the main emphasis of what took place. We had, we had miracles, but, but we have miracles here regularly. There's people that got healed. How many of you have been healed here, touched here? How many of you God's done miracles for you here? That's normal. That's normal Christianity. When God touches people, these signs follow them that believe. Is there anybody that believes here? Very good. you got 10 or 15 people. should be a huge altar call by the end of the service today. Is there anybody else that believes? Okay. Signs follow believers. Many times signs aren't following those that believe because they're not going anywhere. It's hard to follow something that doesn't go. You've got to lay hands on something for it to be healed. Not always, but that's in that recipe. It's true. So we've seen miracles, we've seen salvation, we've seen deliverance, we've seen miraculous provision as an evidence of our building sitting in the most prominent place of all of the valley. To me, to me, that's the most prominent place there is. 
So we've seen that. God bless you, <laughs> beloved daughter of mine. We've seen that. No, really, to me, the message and the, and the impartation that took place with our brother Jonathan Shuttlesworth was a refreshing of the Word of God becoming first and foremost in your life. And, and that being the standard for what you believe something for. He, he broke off a spirit of religion off of many people. I mean, if you, if you had a religious bone in your body, do you know what I mean by that? In other words, rules and regulations or tradition that wasn't backed uh, anything scriptural or you got stuck in the mud. Come on, sometimes there's a frozen chosen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Lose your passion, lose your zeal, end up apathetic and lethargic, not winning any souls, not hungry for God, not really worshiping, just sort of going through the motions. And the enemy in the world and our flesh all wants to push us into that category. And this 38-year-old hammer of the Word of God, from it's just so encouraging as he brought it because it just break, broke off those frozen places for many and, and created in me a new zeal for God's word, a new zeal for the word of God, a new passion to see his kingdom released. And that really was the emphasis of those meetings, day and night, 12 to 1. It was, it was this many people, really, at 12 o'clock in the afternoon for one hour, people hearing the word. And then at night, and then, of course, we had Dr. Perry Stone, and, and I told you about that already, releasing faith. I mean, do you think that's an accident, those, these things lining up? We don't plan these things. I mean, we, we make plans, but God directs our paths. We didn't really know that Perry Stone was coming, or we didn't know any of his story. It wasn't like we tried to orchestrate this thing in the flesh. God miraculously is putting this whole thing together. And I, for one, stand in awe of what God is doing in the lives of the families of this place, and what God is doing in this region, what God is doing in this territory. I think we ought to give him a praise shout right now. Come on, God is great. God is great. He's doing amazing things. I have it on good report that opioid crisis is diminishing in the valley. Can you say amen? I have it on good report that demon power is being diminished. HNN, Hell News Network, just, re just re recorded that they're leaving the region at an unprecedented rate. I, I, like a scalded dog's demons are leaving. Many years ago, as, as I'm introing this text that we'll look at here in just a moment, many years ago, I struggled with flowing in revival and being a pastor in the midst of it. And in many churches, you have a, you have a pastor who uh, holds the office of, of pastor, as, in, as it says in Ephesians 4, to equip the saints with the work of ministry, and you've got prophets, and you've got those with apostolic anointing, and you've got evangelists, and... And you have the fivefold. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I struggled years ago because I wanted, and my default setting was to run across the tops of the pews, throwing oil everywhere, and just have revival. That's my default setting. But then God called me to be a pastor, and I'm just like, man, how do I, how do I marry the two? And the Lord spoke to me. You know what I mean by marry, like, like put them together. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to teach you how to pastor in revival. And so the pattern that he gave me was to, on Sunday mornings, now Sunday afternoon, to hold that office of pastor, flow in power, but cast vision, bring direction, and pastor in the midst of revival. Then Sunday nights and in the midweek, run across the backs of the chairs and throw oil. 
Now, there is no telling what could happen in this service. Oh, I'm totally serious. There's just no telling because we, we've already said, listen, we're called kings for a reason. That we believe he's here and if the king is here, he can do whatever he wants to. And we, don't, we, we invite you to come. I would to God that you'd lay hands on every one of us. We all end up under the pew. So I bring this message in a, as a pastoral touch and direction to where we are. Oh, revival continues. Tonight, you don't want to miss tonight. It's going to be off the hizzy. I'm not sure what that is, but you're just going to be off of it. You don't want to miss tonight, 6 o'clock. I'll be preaching. Can't hardly wait. But I want to talk about the church. Why are you here? Ask yourself that question. Somebody said in the first, if I'm here for a husband, I'm here for a husband. Somebody said, I'm here to get me a wife. Like Jack, that's probably not the best motivation, but it's a good place to find our wife or her husband. Why are you here? What are you here for? Are we here just to sing songs? What is the purpose of why we're meeting? I mean, what, what, what is this about? Why are we here? Why are there so many people gathering? Why are there people online? Why, why are we doing what we're doing right now? See, that's the witness of the Lord right there. We're here because we're the church. Everybody say, we're the church. Oh, don't say it all sissified. Say, we're the church. Yeah, because that's how it should be said. If you really understand what the church is, it's not some you know, weak, anemic thing. We're not like a little patty cake club for just when we went to church today. The, the church is the most power. Listen to me. The church is the most powerful institution in all the earth. Now, I'm going to prove it. What is the church? Never in Scripture does the church, is the church defined as a building. The church is God's people. Some have defined it. I'm writing your notes now. Some have defined the church as a company of all true believers. So the church is not unbelievers. It's those who actually believe. Although most of the church in America is unbelieving believers. Let me define that. They believe but they're unbelieving in miracles, unbelieving in signs and wonders, unbelieving that God wants to take care of every infinitesimal detail of their life, heal their bodies, set them free, and use them to change the earth. So they believe in the Lord, but then there's a limitation because of religion and tradition and apathy and, and the assignment of the enemy. Some have defined the church as a universal society of all the faithful. Another person got technical and defined it this way. Some have seen the church as the church triumphant and the church militant. Triumphant, the church triumphant, are those saints who have gone before us are in heaven. How many of you know those in heaven are still a part of the church? The church militant are those who are actually in the church right now. That's us. If you're not militant, stick around. Militant's going to get up on you. You too will be crazy, full of fire and vision. That's what we're supposed to be. Is there anybody militant here? It's a good thing. People of conviction, people of passion. Some have seen the church as a church visible and the church invisible. The church visible is the one seen by men. The church invisible is the one seen by God. In other words, we're all gathered here together, but there might be some here that don't love God at all. And you just came to fulfill an obligation to your family or to your spouse or your mama made you come. Praise God. My mama drugged me. She drugged me. She drugged me to church. Then I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody say amen. 
You're like, she did? No, it's a church. Only the Lord knows who's really saved up in here. Although you can see them by their fruit, right? Church visible, church invisible. The actual word for church is found in, in Acts 19.39. And it's a word that Jesus used. It's ecclesia. Everybody say ecclesia. There's a couple different ways to spell that. It's right in your notes. It means the assembled congregation of God's people. Ecclesia is a political term. And it means that the gathered assembly, that there would be a crier that would come out. I mean, if you know a crier, a caller, somebody would come into a town and say, yo, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to vote on something. And the ecclesia would gather. It's like a, an assembly that would then gather and vote. And the way that the ecclesia would vote is how it would go in that town or that region. It was really a voting body. Uh, a man by the name of Nolan Ball. I can't stand for all of his theology and doctrine. I don't know it. But I, it is fascinating to me, as I recall many years ago, he started his church. He had a revelation of ecclesia. He had a revelation of what the church actually is. And it is my hope that we would all have a revelation of what the church is after this next 20-something minutes. He would start the church with a gavel. How many of you know what that is? A judge uses it when he opens. How many have been to court? How many have seen Judge Judy? All right. So, so when the court is open and then, you know, all rise. And, the, and he would come, the judge would come and hit the gavel. And then he'd everybody be seated. He would start his whole church service that way because he understood that those who were gathered were the ecclesia, those who were called out, a gathered assembly of God's people brought out of darkness into the marvelous light. He knew that those who were gathering, those who'd been washed by the blood of Jesus, those who were new creations, and he knew that when they decreed a thing, it would be established. He knew that when they pray, when they, when they make action, that it would literally change change the course of history in that place and certainly in the heavenlies. Listen, if you go to South, if you were in South Korea at, uh, at, after the war, it was a war-torn, messed up Buddhist nation. But if you go to South Korea today, the whole thing is Christian. Millions and millions of millions of people are believers. When the church votes in South Korea, that is what happens in South Korea. The church. Here's the classical Greek definition. An assembly of citizens summoned by a crier, a legislative assembly. And that's the word that Jesus used for his people who gather in his name. The blood-washed redeemed. He called them the assembly. The legislators of heaven. Think about it that way. What do legislators do? They make laws. And then they're enforced. Understand that you are not just a group of people that are a bunch of scrubs that should be eating worms in your backyard. That you've been redeemed for a purpose. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, let, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You've been washed, you've been cleansed, you've been filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And even though we're mocked on on you know, and animated shows on TV, and there's people that make fun, I'm telling you, the church is rising. Oh, she was asleep for a while, but the bride has gotten up, I believe, 
And something new is happening in this place. Something new is taking place in my heart. I believe something new is taking place in your heart. There's a gathered assembly, the gathered assembly of God. And I'm not talking about the assemblies of God, the denomination. I'm talking about the assembly of God's blood-washed people coming together. And literally, as it goes in these services today, tonight, tomorrow, it'll bring an effect legislative change against the powers of darkness in your region, in your territory, over your home, over your marriage, if you'll just get a hold of it. This is not just some cute little thing we're doing. I define the church as the covenant community, right back in your notes, covenant community of faith in a given locale. So in other words, there's the church universal, then there's the local church. The church is not supposed to be uniform any more than all flowers should be the same. I love giving roses to my, my beautiful wife. I love giving flowers, even when there's no celebration of anything in particular other than it's whatever day it is. I'm being convicted right now. I think I'm a little behind the curve on that one. And all the men can repent, and you go get your wife flowers. If we're like, if we're like a rose here, a church down the street might be like a tulip. No church is supposed to be the same. Somebody said, well, my, my church is real quiet came up in this place. This is not quiet. I said, no, and we ain't going to get quiet either because that's just how we roll. That's how we are, right? That's, we, that's the way God's made us. We're, we're, we're passionate like that. We, we, if you, listen, I'm just going to say, if you, don't li- if you don't like loud church, you will hate heaven. You will hate it. You'd be like, oh, shut up. But then they're just going to holler all the more worshiping before him, casting down their crowns, multitudes singing. I mean, it's just be like, if for a brief moment we could get a glimpse of what the church really is this morning, to be used by God to change history. The church has changed history. But there's a, there's a, a remnant. There's a, the ecclesia is rising again. The church's birth out of the, the outpouring in book of Acts, chapter 2, Pentecost. And there was very real problems, and there's always problems in churches. So do you have problems here? Yeah, we solve them. No catastrophic ones. Constantly trying to improve our processes, constantly trying to do better. We have, we have a problem with parking. You've got to walk really far to get here now. If you come late, then you don't get a seat. I mean, Friday, we had to have overflow. Our bathrooms... Let's all pray in tongues. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. So I, I've said this before. I, I probably need to say it again. Um, our bathrooms are limited. So when you're coming to church, especially on a Sunday morning, just pretend you're driving to Fairbanks and just have everybody in the house use your bathroom before you come. And then you come here and then you come for like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. You don't have to use a facility because there's only like two. <laughs> Amen. And all the ladies said, Amen. Amen. And all the men said, <laughs> our facilities, yeah, it's a challenge. Somebody said, oh, I'm going to find the perfect church. And I said, well, sweetheart, don't go because you're going to ruin it. <laughs> because there's no perfect people, right? So come on. Now, there's certain things that are game changers and that you have to deal very aggressively with, like division and strife. We have a zero strife policy. Somebody said, man, it just feels so loving and happy in here. That's right. Because we confront stuff that's jacked up. How many of you say, can you say Amen. Now, there's all kinds of problems. There's racial problems in the early church. 
There's money problems. And it's because of a fallenness of mankind. You'll see that God in the early church would speak to leadership and they would change things and they would bring about a transformation. It's constantly structurally changing, changing in every way. What's the task of the church? I mean, why are we here? What, do, what's it, what are we doing? What's it all about? Well, write in your notes. To make disciples of all nations and to present everyone perfect in Christ. Turn to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Matthew 28 and verse 19. And it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Next verse. Sound guy got touched by the Holy Ghost. He's out. Or... Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the, of the age. So what are we called to do? We're called to make disciples. We're called to make disciples. And Colossians 1 and 28, now I rejoice in what was, I suffered for you. Let's go to verse 25. First, uh, pardon me, Colossians 1, 25. I have become its servant by the commission of God gave me to present you the word of God in all its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden from generations but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Verse 28, we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy or power, which works so powerfully or mightily in me. The purpose of the task of the church is to make disciples and to get people to mature, to get people to grow up. Not be washed to and fro by every wind of doctrine to become strong in God and the power of his might. And to teach others to do the same. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. The task of the church. Ephesians 2 and 19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. Come on, someone say, I'm not a foreigner. Come on, say, I'm not an alien. But fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, say that I'm a member of God's household. Come on, say I'm part of God's family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together to rise to become a holy temple of the Lord. Here's the thing, and we'll read verse 22 in just a moment. When you receive Jesus, your sin is forgiven. And you are brought or translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Until you receive Jesus, until you're born again, you could go to church until you look like a pew. I'm not quite sure what that would look like, but I don't think you would want to look like a pew. You could go to church, wear a suit, wear a tie, get all dressed up, go to church. You're still going to split hell wide open. Going to church doesn't get you entrance into heaven. Being born again is the only thing that causes you to have entrance, gives you access, gives you privilege. You are separated from God because of your sin. The Bible says that even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says that there's a place of judgment reserved for those who do not believe and have not received him. You must be born again. You must give your life to Christ. You must repent of your sin. 
You can surrender your body to the flames. You can give all that you have to the poor. But if you've not given your heart to Christ, your sin remains. There's not one thing you can do except believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And if you've not given your heart to Jesus by the conclusion of this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And in that moment... Courage needs to rise up and you need to lift your hand and get right with God. You need to pray a prayer at some point in your life or you're going to go to hell. He said, well, I'm not ready. Yeah, the devil makes sure you're not ready. My beloved friend Jordan, 23 years old, had a dream of becoming a photographer. About two days ago, got on an airplane, took off into the skies of Hawaii and Honolulu with 11 other people and the plane exploded and it crashed and he is dead. This family is grieving. Oh, but I know where he is. I know where he is because of a declaration when I was his pastor and he was a wee little boy and he was in your children's ministry. I know where he is because of the testimony of him serving God week in, week out in his prayer life and how he loved the Lord and how he was serving God and praying with his family but a couple days before that and how he got to meet with his mom and his dad and they got to tell each other how much they, he didn't plan at 23 crashing into the ground and losing everything and dying but the good news is this, we're going to see my friend Jordan later. We're going to see him later because he's been washed by the blood. He now stands before the very throne of God. You will stand before the throne of God, as will I, and you'll give an account for your life. And if your sin is not forgiven, if you've never given your heart to Christ, then you will be rejected on that day. I don't care what you heard somewhere else. If you live a lot, I'm preaching now, you live a lifestyle of fornicating, you live a lifestyle of lying and cheating, you live a lifestyle that's an abomination to God. He loves you and so do we, and you are separated from God. And the only way to have that remedied is to receive Jesus. And when you receive Jesus by repentance, he comes into your life, he comes into your heart, and he makes his home on the inside of you. And so when we read here, Ephesians, that you're no longer aliens, you know why you're no longer an alien? Because he took away that which made you an alien. He took away the dividing wall. He took away your sin. Wow. His death, his resurrection. You know why you're no longer a foreigner? Because you've been adopted into the family of God. To as many as believed on him, he gave them the right to become children of God. To as many as believed on Jesus Christ, and he died on a cross and rose again from the grave, he gave them the right, he gave them the power to become children of God. Isn't everybody a child of God? No. The answer to that is no. Now, every, every human being is made in God's image. But the only way that you can be born again, the only way you can have your sin forgiven is by believing on the Lord. I don't care what you heard somewhere else. I'm putting it as plain as possible. And man, I feel the Holy Spirit just driving me here. Some of you, this might be the last time you hear it. You think you can just whistle Dixie. You're going to find yourself going over the waterfall and it won't be pretty. Get right with God today. Ephesians 2, no longer aliens, no longer foreigners, but now members of God's household. Why? Because they're born again. And then verse 22, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling place of God lives by his spirit, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Understand this, when we gather, we become the dwelling in which God lives by his spirit to offer spiritual sacrifices 
acceptable to God. We're not just a group of people that gathered and say we went to church. No, no, no. We're the ecclesia of God. We're the gathered people of God. And that literally when we come together, his spirit fills this place. Yes, our, our, our own hearts, but here corporately, the nios of God, the dwelling place of God, to make known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realm. Literally, when we gather here right now, hell shakes. And that when, if you could get a hold of the importance of who you are and your role in history right now, at this time in history, and the power that we have together as a gathered people of God, the ecclesia, the legislature of heaven, that when we pray, things change. So I'm telling you, not only is all that money coming in for that building, we'll build other buildings. We'll plant churches all over the state. We'll plant churches all over the world. And we'll see a generation come to God. We'll see a great revival ensue. Why? Because the ecclesia, the church of the living God, the nias of God, has risen and said, no more. Enough's enough. And families will be healed and people will be transformed. Come on, you ought to put your hands together for God. Come on. Glory. It's a great change has come. The church has woken up. I said the church woke up. People are waking up. Can't be running, can't be, can't run over these boundaries in the name of Jesus. We declare a great move of God is among us. We declare our whole family saved. I prophesy and make the decree that the devil who's been hounding your children is broken off of them right now. I decree and proclaim there'll be no divorce in this house. There'll be strength of marriages, men of God lifting up holy hands, people brought out of darkness into the marvelous light, even to be the assembly, the nios, the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Turn to 1 Peter. Chapter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen people. A what? Chosen people. Come on, someone say, I'm chosen. A royal priesthood. Come on, someone say, I'm royal. A holy nation. Come on, someone say, I'm holy. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, listen closely, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Pay, pay close attention, especially those who are not born again, not saved. Once you were not a people, in other words, if you're not born again, you've not given your heart to Jesus, or you're not serving him, then you don't belong to him. He's reaching to you through my white lips right now. Take it easy there. <laughs> Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Come on, somebody say amen. How did you receive mercy? The blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Hey. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. Are you washed in the blood? Are you cleansed by the blood of the Lamb? Are you been have you been redeemed? 
Are you saved? One of the things that really bothered me about church was it was so, it just seemed like a bunch of sissies to me, man. Not here. I'm just saying when I was growing up, am I the only one? It's kind of like cute, little, weak, anemic, run them over, nose backbone, jellyfish Christian. They kind of all went together. But really what I found out was when the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead fills you, you're going to have some fire. Good luck running over. Good luck running over. This people right here, you didn't run over. You're going to get run over for the glory of God. Can you say amen? There's power and authority being put on display. Jellyfish, backboneless. Boneless chicken's good, but boneless Christians are no good. And I started seeing what a real man of God is, what a real woman of God is, and I'm going to tell you something. I like that. Walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, power and authority, meekness. Declare the praises of Jesus. We're talking about the task of the church. To be a kingdom made of priests. Oh, this is so good. Revelation 1. And verse 6, pay close attention now to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. Let's all say it together. To him who loves us and has freed us. In other words, if, you're not, if you haven't received him, then your sin has bound you. What would be the opposite of free? Slave. Okay, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins. So if you're not been freed from your sins, you're a slave to sin. Romans talks about that. By his blood, next verse. And has made us to be a kingdom and priests, to serve as God and Father, to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. God has called us to be a kingdom in the earth, to be priests, to pray and see things change. Not some limp, lame-wristed, lackadaisical, apathetic, powerless, spineless, jellyfish Christianity. People that have a fire and a boldness and a zeal. And a, Do you have to be so excited about it? Yeah, man, it makes me excited. Man, as it doesn't move you, you haven't had a revelation. Do you have to yell? You stick your finger in 223 phase, honey, you're going to scream too. Hey! All right, what, what, what are we to be like? Let's look at the text. It's a momentary snapshot of the church, fourfold emphasis of the church. So here we go. Verse 42, in the NIV, if you could put that up, thank you. They devoted themselves. I like that better than the New King James, is what I originally read out of. Devoted themselves. The New King James says they, they uh, committed themselves. Devotion is commitment, but it, to me, it's, it's so much more. If you look at the word, it's commitment, it's covenant, but it's not just commitment and covenant. It's commitment and it's covenant, and it's bound, wrapped all together and infused with love and passion. So they devoted themselves. I am devoted to Jesus. I'm devoted to my wife. I'm devoted to my children. Devoted. 
They devoted themselves. How devoted are you to the Lord? What did they devote themselves to? They devoted themselves. They committed. It's Listen, the, the reason we have a, a formal members class is not because the IRS requires us to. That's also true, but that's not the main reason. The main reason we have a formal membership class is because we believe in commitment. We believe in devotion. We believe in what we're doing. And if you just like come and just hang out. If you're new here, I'm so glad you are. Get to work. Smile at me. Come on. Listen, if all you do is feed on the word and you feed on the good ministry that's happening here and you don't start serving, you'll become like a tick. Oh, snap. I had a blue tick coon hound years ago. Does anybody know what a blue tick coon hound is? Okay, tick is, is not like, I'm going to talk about ticks, but that's not the kind of ticks they're talking about, blue tick. I had a blue tick coon hound, and that, that hound dog could, man, that hound, that dog could bark. And it could tree coons, and it was just amazing. But it had, during certain seasons of the year back east, where I come from originally, where there was a lot of ticks. And if we didn't stay on top of it, before you know it, you saw like something the size of a grape, you know, in a hidden place behind its ear or something. And we learned how to pull ticks off of a dog. Isn't this wonderful church talk? Why don't you just bump your neighbor and say, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm glad to be here. Go ahead, tell him. Go ahead, tell him. I'm glad I don't know what he's talking about. Okay. Now, if you get a really full tick, does anybody know what I'm talking about? You pull that bugger off, it just sits there. It can't even, it's so fat. And even if you do get it flipped over, it's still. Some of you have been eating the word and being filled with the spirit over and over, going from revival to revival, reading book after book, and you're like a tick. You need to get to work. And I'm going to tell you something. Discipleship is more than just growing in the knowledge of God. You have to apply it. If all you do is get revelation from the word and don't apply it to your life, it will serve you to be a religious person like a big fat tick who sits there and can't do nothing. And that's really why we have a lot of unbelieving believers. Not here. All of you guys are not ticks. You're all blessed of the Lord. Amen. They were devoted. They were... You got... You okay, Pastor Karen? A little different than the first service, huh? How devoted are you? And what are you devoted to? Some of you devoted to, devoted to work. I mean, you won't miss work no matter what. You'll miss church every day if you, you know, because you can miss church, right? Unless you see yourself as a voting part of the assembly of God, the, legis the legislator of God. You see yourself as every service when we come together. I'm not saying you have to be in every service, but you have to have a covenant commitment to the church that you go to. Now, if you're visiting here, go back and serve God at your home church with your hair on fire. Go for it. If you've come here from another church, get working, get serving. If you, if you feel led to go to another church, make sure you let me know so we can bless you. And then go serve over there. You belong to the Lord. 
You don't belong to us. You belong to Jesus. But you've got to get serving. You can't just listen to the word over and over. If you continue to just listen to the word over and over and you don't start serving, it will cause you to be dull. I got like four amens. You got to serve. Devoted. They were devoted in a number of different ways. Let's look to the apostles' teaching right there in the text. Learning about God. Come on, if this is the only word you hear all week, you're probably anemic in your walk. Learn about the Lord. Listen to podcasts. Study, study the scriptures. Read the word devotionally, but study the word. Listen to great preaching and teaching. Get plugged in. Serve God. Learn. Grow in the knowledge of God and you won't backslide. Secondly, they were devoted to fellowship. Now that's profound to me. You know, I uh, not long ago met a man who had uh, really never been to church. But in my conversation with him, he was filled with the Word. He knew all kinds of stuff. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament. He had tremendous amount of revelation on board. But because he hadn't worked that out in the context of relationship, listen, all relationship and, pardon me, all revelation is supposed to be worked out in relationship. And if you're just online right now and all you get is online and you don't develop relationship, you don't have fellowship, you're going to be weird. You will end up weird. And I've known, you know what I mean by weird? They're bent. There's a distortion in their mind. They don't get it. They might have the right info, but it's bent in their mind and they end up becoming really no good. You, you, you have to have fellowship so somebody can tell you you got something stuck in your teeth. Someone's got to hold your shut up card. How many of you know what that means? That means like you're going to go off and do something or, you know, that somebody says, no, shut up. Sit down. You're going to ruin your life. How many of you glad for people like that in your life who are not afraid of correcting you? My wife is a number one, the Lord first, and my wife, number secondly, holding the shut up card for me. If she tells me, you're messed up. You got an attitude problem. I don't go, oh, yeah. Oh, well, some, you know, maybe sometimes I do. But eventually that come to my senses. Don't look at me with that tone of voice. You know you got issues yourself. Good news is I got a shut up card too. I don't use it too often because she's mostly right. But I do have one. Say amen, Pastor Karen. Amen. All right, praise God. Fellowship. You can't just be ministered to through books, TV, media. You really need to grow in the knowledge of God, but it works out in the, in the context of with people. Truth is lived out with real people. Say that. Truth is lived out with real people. Knowledge puffs up. Dr. Morocco, my pastor, the global, our global leader, said to me, Daniel, you remember, always work with people, no matter how many degrees or all the education you get, always work with people. Because if you work with people, it'll keep you humble. I don't know if you've ever met somebody who's just come out of seminary or just gotten their degree or whatever and have not had any practice. I just had this happen. I was working with some people with my bees. They, they came to do some tests on my bees. I mean, God bless them. Okay, I've not been to like bee university. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a degree in, 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 app, in, in being a, a beekeeper and, and running an apiary. Okay, but they did. And so they come, and they took, we had a staff meeting at my house, and I went out there to meet them. They wanted to do some samples and test about pesticides and some different things. They're all in white suits, and I'm standing there like this. All the hives are open. 
They're, they're like all, all the white suits and all the gloves. And I'm just looking at them going, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Because they had to put suits on. And uh, my girls know me, all those bees. They, they're mine. And I know when the sun's out in that particular kind of day and this time of the year, I don't need a suit. Come the fall, you can wear two suits. It still ain't going to help you. But right then, and all this knowledge, but there's no, there just wasn't the practical aspects of, of working with the bees. And so I was working with them and, you know, spending a little bit of time. And uh, I, I popped out a frame and I'm looking at, I have no equipment on, no gloves, no, no bee veil, nothing. I'm looking at them and they make a, all beekeepers are going to know what I'm about to say. There's a, there's a switch. There's a tone switch. You can hear it. It says, it switches. So I heard a, yep, that's it for me. Praise God. Hey, I'm a head on inside. That was it. <laughs> Game over. I start walking away as if you were bouncing off my head. And that was it. Why? Because I'm, I've worked with them. Some of you have got all kinds of Bible knowledge, all kinds of revelation. You've been to seminars and read all the books, but you don't work with people. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking. All right, I'm going to go over here. These guys, maybe these guys don't understand. They don't work with people. The practical knowledge and application of the revelation is not there. We need a people who will get under the spell where the glory comes out, learn and grow in the Word, and be devoted to fellowship, to loving each other, working together to see a great army arise. Can you say amen? amen. To prayer. I know I'm kind of preaching because my iPad gets covered with spit and then it doesn't work. That's bonus. Devoted to prayer. How devoted are you to prayer? Do you pray? Be devoted to prayer. Verse 46, you study this, they had one mind together. They worshiped in the temple as well as in house to house. That's what we do. You know, there are some places that only have one service a week. Or they just have one Sunday, just Sunday. Well, what happens if you can't make it to church on Sunday? Well, that's why we have Sunday night. I love witnessing to people anyway. But I really enjoy when I get the lame excuse I work on Sunday. I was like, that's no problem. When's your work? And they're like, uh, in the morning. Well, we got a Sunday night. <laughs> and they're like, I work Sunday night. Well, no problem, because we have a Wednesday. <laughs> no, I can't work. Well, we have, we have service on Tuesday, too, actually. So we have service on Tuesday upstairs. It's called Transformations. You can come be a part of that. Oh, I can't. <laughs> we have prayer every morning. And basically, just wipe out all excuses. They're like, you know what? I just don't want to go. I want to serve the devil, okay? I just don't want to go. I want to just be honest. Okay. They were devoted. They were of one mind to worship in celebration and life groups. It's the blanks in giving, so much so that nobody had any needs. In vision. Wow. You know, we're called to reflect God in this community. The way that we live, the way that we talk. That is the most unusual word. <laughs> there is a number of you need to go find your neighbor that you had a yelling match with or that person that really irritated you and you lambasted and need to go and repent because they're soon going to be here and then you're going to be embarrassed when they're sitting in the church. That's like a word from the Lord. That's crazy. Yeah, you know who you are. Amen? 
in vision. The local vision of, of our church is different than the church down the street. We're currently in the midst of the one, two, three vision. Planting one church a year. We're going to plant in California here coming up. The Andersons are part of our church and readying themselves for that. So you're going to plant anywhere else? Everywhere else. I'm going to plant everywhere. The, the challenge is the harvest is plentiful. Got no faith problem there. The harvest is going to come in. I've got faith for buildings. I've got faith for the whole thing. The challenge is the labors are few. So we need laborers. We need people to like get involved and serve, people that are called, and, 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 and pastors to be raised up, teams to, to be raised up, children's people to be raised up. That's what we're doing. We're like an aircraft carrier. Come on, somebody say, woo! And every local church has a vision. It's not to be unified except in serving God and living for him. And we're committed to the vision. Thirdly, you'll see the Holy Spirit is seen. They allowed the Holy Spirit to be seen. Manifestations, let me say this. Manifestations are a result of devotion. With devotion, you'll see manifestation. If your devotion is right, you'll have a boldness and a fire and a zeal, and then you'll see a manifestation. You'll never see God heal anybody unless you get on fire and fill with a boldness. You won't want to lay hands on anybody. You won't want to speak to them. But your devotion builds a fire on the inside of you, and then there's mighty manifestations. We love the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm almost done. Worship team, please. We love the power of the Holy Spirit. People healed this morning. People touched today. Manifest, allow the Holy Spirit to be seen in your home. If this is the only place that there's manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life, change that. Bring the power of the Spirit in your home, in the kitchen around the kitchen table. Have times of prayer with your kids. Have times of prayer with your spouse. I'm so blessed to be married. I remember prior to being married, let me see, I'll, I'll take it. Prior to being married, I really wanted a wife, but I wasn't ready. Then God healed me, and then I didn't want one. I don't mean that in the wrong way, but I didn't have to have one. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't need one. I had a broken place where I had to have a wife, a girlfriend, you know, whatever you want to call it. And man, the Lord set me free. Those times of going home with just me and Jesus were like amazing. And when I got healed and whole out of that time of devotion, then he gave me you. Hey. Lastly, they're open to have God add to the church. We are growing at an unprecedented rate. I've never seen anything like it. So are you serious? Oh, I'm serious. We have some additional parking uh, just across, right across the street from the church. So for those of you that don't mind walking, some of you younger folk, maybe. You can park across the street over there on when we're when we're full up and walk across the street. Thank God for our new building that'll soon be completed by the power and the grace of Jesus. We awaken God, awaken those Cyruses, awaken people. Millions, we call it in, everything that's needed. Grace, grace, be finished. Mortgage burning, Jesus' name. That's the way it should be. If something doesn't grow, something's wrong. And they were open to having people added to the church. And I, what I, one of the things that's amazing is that you might be in church and sitting next to somebody you don't even like right now. Don't look to your neighbor. 
That's the beautiful thing about, about church. If you look, go ahead and look around. There is red and yellow, black and white, butterscotch. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a little bit of heaven. Every guest that comes here says, man, how did you get such a multicultural church? No idea. But I am so glad because it's a little bit of heaven. It's a, come on, come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, woo, thank you. Come on, come on, just thank him. Come on, thank him right out loud. Thank you. Oh, we give you praise. Come on, we give you, we give you glory. We give you praise. Come on, lift your voice and just thank him for what God's doing in our midst. You're wonderful, Jesus. Add people, and they would be incorporated. God's speaking to us very simply as I close. As a church, He's speaking to us. We will continue to be the way that we are, continue to have outreaches, continue to reach people. We're going to up our devotion. We're going to up our devotion. We're going to up our time of prayer. We're going to up our giving. We're going to up our devotion to the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, if you don't have a home church, this is a great one. There's other great ones too, but I invite you to make this place your home. If you're looking for a church, you found it. But you pray. Let the Lord lead you. If the Lord ever leads you out, I didn't say this, so I'd like to say it. If the Lord leads you out, and, you know, we've had people come and go, they all belong to the Lord. You belong to the Lord. The Lord leads you, to, moves you to another church or moves you out. I'd ask that you'd let me know so that we can bless you, number one. Number two, so that I know that I don't stand before God for your soul anymore. And that, that someone else stands for your soul, not, not me. And I would want to know that. Wouldn't you want to know that if you were no longer responsible for somebody's soul? Wouldn't you want to know? So I just ask you to do that if you can. But there's such an influx. And listen, if you're leaving from another church, that's a good way to, that's a good thing to do too, if you can. And sometimes pastors, pastors, we can be weird sometimes. You know, if you get hurt a lot, they can get bitter and angry and controlling. And, I, and I, I, I'll never be kind of like that because Pastor Karen beat me up one side and down the other. She would be pulling out her shut-up cards left and right. Along with a whole bunch of other people that have shut-up cards on me. If you're wondering if you have a shut-up card on me, you don't. All right? So that would be those that know that have that, you know who you are. Smile at me and say hallelujah. But we're all accountable to each other. On God is doing amazing things. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Being true to the promise that I gave you, giving you the opportunity to get right with God. If you're not right with God, do not leave this service in that condition. There's only a few minutes left and we're done. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to be washed by the blood. You know if you died right now, you'd split hell wide open. You know it. And if that's you, don't stay in that condition. You say, well, I'm not ready. You'll be never ready. You come just as you are, and then he loves you so much he refuses to leave you that way. If you're not right with God, all across this place, those online, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a recommitment because you drifted in your commitment, you're not as on fire, you got compromised in your life, or number three, you want to just be assured of your salvation all across this place. You say, that's me. I want heaven to be my home. I want to be forgiven today. That's me, Pastor. Great. On the count of three, lift your hand up. One, two, three. Do it now. God bless you. God bless you. Raise your hand high. I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, son. All the way in the back. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. On this whole left side right here. Want to get right with God? Wonderful. In the middle. I see that hand. Thank you. On this side. 
Wonderful. Stand up on your feet all across this place and pray this prayer. If you lifted your hand and you meant business, you're serious about it, pray this prayer right out loud with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me and make me new. Thank you that I am now no longer an alien, no longer a foreigner, but I am a part of God's household. Thank you, Jesus, that you live inside of me by your Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Give me a hunger for your Word, a hunger for the things of God. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray. Fill, touch. Break every bondage. I pray against covenant-breaking spirits. Assignments of darkness that cause people to not walk in devotion with you and with a church vision. I pray that, that, that spirit, like an adulterous spirit, would be broken off of this region. And that people would be in covenant one with another, serving faithfully and diligently, fulfilling their role as the assembly, as the legislature of God, the ecclesia, the church. Cause the church of the living God to rise with God-given, blood-bought power and authority across this great land, not just in Alaska, but in the United States, not just in the United States, but in Canada and Mexico. All throughout Europe, cause the church of the living God to stand and rise in the greatest hour of history. To make decrees, to pray the prayers, to see a culture change, a kingdom and priests unto God Almighty. Lord, anoint these beautiful people to take their place in this last hour of history. And we thank you. Every hindrance be removed. And the blessing of God come upon you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance towards you. Be gracious to you. Keep you. Give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.